Have you ever wondered why veterans struggle so much getting back into civilian right? Whether or not you are a veteran, Fight by Betsy Ross is a short book series that has an emotional intense story arc to help spread awareness of those struggles veterans face coming out of the force. Check out the series and more of the fight mission at worldwideweb.fightbetsyross.com. Her latest release, Fight 4, is available now. Coming to YouTube is the show Healing Hands. Healing Hands is hosted and presented by Chenille Bostic. In this series, Chenille will be teaching us about massage therapy and techniques and demonstrate those skills she has acquired to the audience. Click on the YouTube link in the description below to be the first to find episodes of Healing Hands. Healing Hands launches September 12th. Episode 996 of Just Joshing. I am your host, Joshua Pantelaresco. And someone brand new is coming to the show, Ryonan Lotz. She's a writer. And it looks like a mirror world social media guru of some kind. Is that is that, yeah. is that is that is that is that is that the is that the official job title? They would call me coordinator, but guru works too. It amounts to the same thing. Yes, I I, I figured I figured it would. It figured it would. So I, I guess are you a writer first, or is this one of those things where you just you, you stumbled into the mirror world universe and said, "Hey, I can help," and they and they roped you in, and and now you're like. What happened to my life? I'm now on social media all day. Um, I am a writer by hobby and, um, you know, passion, but I do communications as a career. Um, so I actually met Justine and the rest of the Mirror World team when I sent them a short story for their most recent anthology contest um, for their From Here to There anthology. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough that my story was selected to be included in the anthology and that whole process went really well and the book came out and it's great. And a few months later, I had emailed Justine because I was looking for sort of, uh, you know, another small role to take on. and I. You know, I emailed her and I said, hey, this is what I do for a living. We've worked together now um, in this anthology and I think it went really well. And I was wondering if you have space on your team for someone to do your social media. And she goes, you know what, you've asked at the exact right time because, yes, we could use a little bit of a hand. And so that's how that all came about. Yeah, I'm actually starting to do social media for a client of mine tomorrow, actually, of all things. Yeah, no, just she's not very... I'm so I do I produce shows also for like I like I, I got lots of experience making shows as you can see, and uh, I, I'm producing a show for a client. It's going to be coming out. I got, I make the announcement officially tomorrow uh, on Wednesday in early September. But you know it, it'd be great if they could promote it on their own socials and they don't have the time to do it. So I'm like I can do that. Right. Right and. So I'm now I, I'm I'm now an experience. I'm going to have social media cred to my name. I, I really hope I don't make an ass of myself. I mean, I make an ass of myself <laughs> on my own stuff. But it's it's different when you when you, it's different when you're with somebody else because now it's like, okay, you're okay sounding like an asshole. Like you're good with this, right? right? Exactly. You're, but the pressure's on because you don't want the other person you're working with to sound that way, and you're like, oh man. Well, you, you know. well, yeah. Well, the like. I think the I think the real trick with with um, social media is this. Like, I do not want. I mean, to some degree, a company has to have a certain bit of how do I put this corporate shell. Hey, we can't say anything. But at the same time, at the same time, if that's all you produce, no one's going to read your social media. No, right? exactly. Like a brand has to have a personality, but that personality has to be 
carefully cultivated, mm-hmm. um, which is where it gets tricky, where you want to have that little bit of interest. So people are actually paying attention to what you're doing, but you can't go so off the rails that people go, this place is unhinged or they sound like jerks or we don't like them anymore. So you have to sort of strike that right balance of knowing your audience and playing to them, but not going too far. You can be uh, actually. So now I was going to say you can be a little unhinged. Um, I think there's some of the most entertaining social medias are actually a little unhinged, right? I think you know what you're right. It just depends very much on the brand. Yeah. No, it does. Like, like, okay, so again, people hate the the uh, company, and I get why. But I I love um, Fox Sports social media as a brand is fun. They know how to have fun. Yeah. They know how to have fun. Right. It's, it's nice. Like when exactly like when a brand can, you know, share a meme and be funny and interact like Wendy's has a great presence where they have definitely cultivated a voice and a personality. Um, and it resonates with a lot of people. But you don't necessarily want, you know, your financial institution to be doing that because then I, you're I, like, oh, you guys are handling all of my money. I, I, What's I, going I, on? I, I, I kind of do, though. Like I, I don't make more. <laughs> no, no, no I, I'm serious because here's why. I, my, my biggest worry with a financial institution is that they're not human, right? <laughs> there is that, there is that, but you yeah. know, you, you at least expect a level of polish from them. They can that, be I'll personal, but polished, but you yeah, don't yeah, yeah, want yeah. to have like those weird midnight tweets where you're like, no one knows what this means. This is a mystery that we feel like we have to decipher because, you know, someone was tweeting in the middle of the night when they shouldn't have been. Uh, I don't necessarily want my bank to be doing that. No. Be a little funny. I, I, well, no, but... Because, because again, I, I, I've been studying commercials for the last little bit. And ironically, you know who does some of the best commercials? Insurance companies. Yes. They actually do the best. And the thing about that is they, they, cause they know their shit's boring. They, they know it. Like, I, it's like that. not exciting. And then I think there's inherent dislike of insurance companies. Cause if you're calling your insurance company, it's not for a good reason. Yeah. yeah. And it's a so, frustrating experience. I so I imagine, there... I imagine it's mutual a little bit because Quite possibly, yeah, it depends on why they're calling. Right. Right. It's like, I think because part of the problem is, you know, if you call your insurance, okay, got into an accident in my car, I need help. You're frustrated because you're dealing with an accident. Now you're dealing with your insurance people, but now your insurance people have to deal with you while you're frustrated. It's not a fun time for anybody. No, exactly. And I mean, there's like, there's like these weird like accidents that happen too. It's like, Hey, I did something to my body with my cell phone. And it's, that sounds really weird, but it does happen. It's like, and then the insurance company's like, I don't even know what to say here. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even begin to comprehend what is going on here. Oh, I, I, I know. It's not that we can't begin. I don't well, want to. <laughs> maybe a, yeah. It's maybe a, we don't want to know more. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to. I'd rather, I'd rather like, like now it's like, you. I, I realize why you called me, but I don't want this conversation, right? And and and, and yeah, I mean, can you imagine like some of the stupid shit that people do to themselves, and then the insurance company actually has to take this seriously? Right, exactly. Imagine having to fill out that paperwork. Oh yeah, this person needs X insurance for X reason. You have to write that reason down and not just laugh at it. Oh no, no, you're laughing, but you can't. You got ready. Not on the phone. <laughs> not on the phone. No. <laughs> you wait until that call ends. 
and, and then you call your boss, listen, I, I, listen, I think you just give it to them. We don't want to have another one of these conversations. There, there, <laughs> there, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> there, there was a, so an episode of Spin City way back in the day, right? And, and they, so Michael J. Fox plays the mayor's assistant. He's looking at one of his guys is actually trying to make all these claims. He goes, give him the bikini wax, say no to everything else. He looked at him and was like, why? I don't want to have that conversation. Just don't. <laughs> and I'll just give it like, like, you know, sometimes it's about the little victories in, in life. Right. So you, you, and I, I get this. It's like, you know what? There are like, that's the thing. Like no one thinks about it like that. Right. It's the stupid things. Right. It's not like, like accidents, like the, it's, they suck. Like real legit, like car accidents, things like that nature. They legitimately suck. No one likes them. The insurance companies don't like them. The people involved don't like them, but they happen, right? right. You take those you take with a certain level of gravity, but the random stupid shit people do, right? I mean, right? Imagine if they're repeat offenders too. Like they, 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 they just... keep doing the same <laughs> thing, and you're yeah. like, "Sir, you need to stop doing this because we can't keep dealing with these claims." Like, what are you doing, man? Well, I, I, actually, at a certain point, you're just like, "I, what did you do now?" Like, caller ID comes up, and they're all like, they have to draw straws to figure out who's <laughs> dealing with this guy again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I don't wanna. Like, you, you know that exists. Like, somewhere in the universe, like that exists, and that's the thing, right? You can. And going back to like the big topic here, right? If you look at social media brands and, and stuff, right? It's about again, as you said, it's about the personality of the brand. I don't want any more to like like it's bad enough when I go out to go like order food. There's a certain automation that exists now that you look at it and go, you know, honestly, it was better the other way. And that's not me being old and crock like like old and yelling at clouds and sometimes they talk to me back. It's more along the lines of the fact that like it's almost like you're trying to go out of your way not to serve people anymore and i think i think honestly like 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 i think i think fundamentally what people really want is they want to feel like they're being they're talking to a real person and they're being heard and i think that's the real secret to social media today is you've got to figure out what that is with your brand, whatever yeah. that is. And that's what you cultivate. And good companies, smart companies, get really good people to handle that stuff. Because yeah, it's like, absolutely. Right? It's, it's the beauty about social media is that it's the one platform where you can have a conversation with the other side. If a brand is putting up a billboard, that's great. But you can't hear back from the people who are seeing that billboard. If you're sending out coupons, emails, newsletters, whatever, you're probably not hearing back from them. But with social media, your audience can talk to you and you can talk to them. You can address them right away. They can say, you know, hey, I've got a problem. You can deal with that. They can say, hey, we really love this thing that you're doing. And you can go, hey, thank you for the support. And when a brand connects with the audience, there's that little boost of serotonin where you're like, they recognized me, you know, I, I reached out to them and we've had a conversation and you feel all of a sudden that you mean something to that brand, no matter how fleeting the interaction is, you've created a connection. And that's really, really where social media is so helpful to a brand. Yeah. And, and that's what this is all about. Like, it doesn't matter if it's writing. It doesn't matter if it's like business. It's all about making connections to people. Absolutely. Right. Which is why, again, in the old man yelling at crowds, when you look and I go outside, I'm like, why are you automating this shit? Like, you, 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 like, this is not the way you should be doing this. You should be looking at other things to automate, but not necessarily this. 
Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a cr cranky old man. I can I can hold, totally acknowledge this, but um, it's just like one of those things where you look at it and go, huh, this could be better. Like, Absolutely. Especially because automation has its place, but it's not everywhere. And I think a lot of companies do it in the poor, poor places where the automation they're adding, they say it's, oh, we're making your experience more convenient. This is going to ultimately, you know, create a, a better experience for everyone all around. But a lot of the time, I think it creates more frustration on the customer's end, especially when you, you know, you call up a, uh, you know, a company and you want to talk to a representative and they go, here's a menu with 15 things that you have to listen to first. And then we'll direct you, you know, pick your option and we'll direct you to a secondary menu to help you figure out, narrow down your problems more. And the company will say, well, we're making sure that we narrow your issue down to the right department. But I think they all ship you over to the same call center anyways. So you've gone through this whole process of trying to give them an idea of why you're calling in the first place. And they answer the phone and they go, how can we help you today? You go, well, I thought I answered all those questions before we went through 15 different menus of questions so that we can narrow this down. Shouldn't you already know what my problem is? But I don't think that's how it actually works in practice. Well, and banks were looking at you specifically, actually, on that one. <laughs> You're terrible at this. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's just like, that's what it comes down to. Like when we're looking at communications today, I mean, we, on one hand, like to looking at social media, we have more acts like, hey, fact, okay, you're what? You're in Windsor? I'm yeah. assuming. You're in Windsor, Ontario? Yep. I'm in Calgary, Alberta for the moment. And we're having this conversation literally in real time. Something even 12 years ago, 10 years ago, would not have happened. No. Right? So we've come a long way in terms of the ability to reach people. But I feel like in some ways we've taken a step back in terms of connecting with people. And yeah. that's where, and that's where I think like when you look at advertising and brands, like people go, I don't want to deal with people. Well, that, that's, 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 you have to deal with people. You live in a world of people, you must deal with them. And if you can't comfortably do so, then maybe just maybe you need to kind of reevaluate like something in that process because you're in the world. That's just the way it is. Yeah. That's also kind of a downfall as well, I feel, of social media where I think everyone is overwhelmed by constantly being in contact. Because, yes, social media connects you. But this is also the problem where um, I don't know if this was nationwide or an Ontario thing where they sort of passed uh, a right to connect bill or a right to disconnect bill where they're basically, you know, saying, and I know France has done this, where they're saying to employers, you can't contact your employees outside of their work hours because social media and the ability to constantly be present online has given people um, a feeling of entitlement to other people's time so if i you know get an email from my employer at 7 p.m and i don't answer and my employer goes well why didn't you answer i emailed you and i know you got that email they feel that they're entitled to your time just because they can connect with you so this law that they've passed is preventing employers from doing that in certain fields or obviously fields where that's not going to be tenable but they're saying you know people have a right even if they're available online they have a right to not communicate with you outside of these hours that they're contracted to communicate with you and that's the way with you know a lot of um, people with their friends or their partners they feel like just because they can text you all the time means 
you don't have a right to look at a message and not immediately reply or take some time or whatever. Um, so I think that's the other side of social media where, yeah, we're all connected, but maybe we're too connected and some people are feeling a little burnt out from that. It goes both ways. I, I think, okay, here's the thing, right? You and I are having a conversation right now and it's cool. And, we're, and I've made you laugh a few times with my terrible jokes, right? Love a terrible joke. Love, love a good terrible joke, right? But we can't make eye contact. Like, I, I think, I think what it is, it's, it's an artificial buffer that there's too much of like I, so this, like I've done over 500, nearly 550 episodes in this format, like this particular format. And I, there are things I appreciate about it, but I'm also on the screen a lot. Right. And I don't want to be on the screen quite as much going forward so like i'm taking the show legitimately on the road where i meet people in real time i have a video camera i'm, I'm kind of confident at it we're getting we're getting better at it right and and the whole point though is i want that real genuine connection now and because for me i realize that this it's handy like again we are too far away for me to go hey would you like a coffee at the local coffee shop right exactly you gotta get on a plane to do that which is just a little bit expensive at this point it's a little nuts, and also, and also, just honestly, like, like depending on what part of Windsor you're in. I mean, the coffee shops, depending on where you are. Um, there's some good ones. There's some really good ones, but there's some not so good ones. Like it's I, it's I. How about that? It's I. Yep. Yep. All it's, right. That's exactly the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, like it, 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 it varies, right? I'm in Calgary. There's a lot more options here. Like you, like you probably be like, let's go here your neck of the woods. And I'd be like, yeah, I, I understand that. I, I do. Um, but at the same time, uh, it, it, again, it's not convenient. So this, 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 this has its uses. Yeah. What? But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm at that point where it's just like, if I'm not getting paid to do it, I don't want to be on the screen anymore. Like, you right. know what I mean? Exactly. Even if I'm getting paid it's... to do it, you're paying me to do it. Because I'm, I, 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 I'm, how to put this? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pretty easy, but I'm not cheap. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, things like this, like, they're fun to do and they're interesting, but they are time consuming, especially when you have produced hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Um, and, you know, you have to take the time to set up and you're staring at a screen for an hour. So like you said, you're not getting that immediate in-person connection and feedback. And it's harder to connect just because you're not getting that actual in-person feedback from the other person. Um, so especially when you're meeting someone for the first time, it can be a little difficult as well to actually have a conversation that flows and isn't stilted and feels like something people are going to want to watch. Right. Well, there's that, but it's also just, I like the, like the human aspect. Like I've had like, this podcast has been a real big blessing for me. I've met some really amazing people here. Do you know what's better? Meeting them actually in person, right? Yeah. It's actually, it's, it's, it's better. I went to San Diego Comic-Con about three weeks ago. Oh, I bet that was great. I was a professional at the show. Hell yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Didn't have a table because tables are very hard to get in San Diego Comic-Con. Go figure. <laughs> oh, darn. Although, I mean, you're, I would tell your boss this. And I would tell your boss if she can figure out a way to do it, right? Once, yeah. once. It take a couple of years to get on the waiting list to get get a table, but once you had it, 
you, 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 they let you keep them. So you right. can't keep them anymore. So it, it's worth doing. It legitimately is worth doing. I I don't know if I'm going to get a table for next year, but like starting, I might put myself on the waiting list next year because it's just like, you know, it'll happen eventually. Right. It'll happen one day. And like, it's San Diego Comic Con. So when you get it, that's a dream come true. I, 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 so like literally if you go on my so on my instagram there's a picture of a giant like nine foot chewbacca you look at the aisle i actually i, I could probably say this pretty confidently take your biggest convention in southwestern ontario multiply it by 20 and that, that is yeah yeah multiply it by 20 easy 20 yeah not I mean, surprising the only yeah. place that we would have that could even hold a candle to it is toronto and toronto is not san diego even Toronto, I think you probably put like four or five of those in there. Like yeah. I'm talking the whole con. Like that, I, I'm in Calgary, right? You have a decent sized con. Like I would say, good mid sized con. Nothing compared to that. The only there's only two things about San Diego Comic Con that kind of blow: the food costs, you can't escape it, and the Canadian dollar. <laughs> and the Canadian well... dollar. Well, we were let me see this way. Me, I was laughing. The people there were laughing. They're just coming from two slightly different places. One theirs was slightly out of pit, pity. Mine was slightly out of despair. Right? <laughs> right? Oh, you're Canadian. I'm sorry. I'm like me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it. The exchange rate is the only thing that upsets me about it. Because generally speaking, quite proud to be Canadian, but like we don't have a San Diego Comic Con here. Canadian? Okay, so I, I've lived in both countries. I can I can I can actually like there are things there that are better. There are things here that are better. It really depends on what you value. What I wish we had more from the States is that ability to promote ourselves. I think Canadians are some of the most talented people in the world, but the people who don't believe it are Canadians. Yeah, that's probably true. If yeah. I'm being honest, for me, I want the warm weather that they have. I want the California climate or even a Florida climate. Canada, it's too cold for me. I'm not I'm not a cold you, you person. Would, that's you, like you, my you, biggest gripe. You would not like it here at all. No, I really wouldn't. That's the problem because Windsor's kind of the only place I can go in Canada because it's the southernmost point. Uh, that's as far as I can go to escape the cold without it then just being wet. Because I could get you know out to Vancouver ways, but it's not as cold, but it's always rainy, and I don't really like that either. <laughs> Vancouver rains twice a year. What are you talking about? January, June, July, <laughs> yeah, December. I've, I've lived, I've lived there. I've lived there, so I know, I know the uh, environment. The whole thing about Vancouver, the whole thing about Vancouver is it's a if you were more entertainment driven, yeah, that's one of the city like. Honestly, if I were to go back into the film industry, it would probably in in Canada, it would be Vancouver or or Toronto, one or the other. I'm not sure which one I would prefer, honestly, because they both like I. Both cities are too big for me to live in. I like visiting them. Yeah, but I'm I don't definitely like, not a city person. Um, I'm I'm Windsor adjacent technically. I live in the suburbs just outside of Windsor, and if like, I was to go and spend a day somewhere, I go out into the county where there's even fewer people and buildings and all of that jazz. Versus. I camp for a hobby, so like the further away I am from a city, usually the happier I am. So let me let me guess. So Tecumseh-ish, like that kind of other thing? direction. Oh, like LaSalle? Precisely. Okay. So I know I, I know where you are. I know where you, exactly where you are. 
And yep, I, 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 it's I, like, so that's how I would say it, right? It's not, so folks, just to, under, just to get an understanding, um, so there's Windsor proper, which let's be frank, doesn't have much there. Um, there's Tecumseh, there, and there's LaSalle. They're both nice and they're kind of insular. We'll just sleep really late. I think they're, they're like, like that's that's yeah. the way I would describe that. They're honestly reminiscent almost of like your 50s suburbs from old movies and TV shows where, you know, you live the family life, but you go into the big city for work. Big city, I use loosely for Windsor. Yeah. yeah Windsor's weird because it's like, it is just, it's small enough that it should have a really good bus system. It's just big enough that it should have a really good bus system. And everybody still wants a car there. It's one of the weirdest things about that city. Yeah. Like there is a bus is the, the, they have expanded the buses to LaSalle now, I, which yes. they hadn't had for a while. Yes. Yeah, um, so no, I, I, I did. I went into LaSalle via the bus system. It's still not great. Like, no, it, no. it's never on time. Um, yeah. Our bus system, the city's big enough to have a decent bus system, but it's not organized well enough to have a decent bus system. So that's why everyone sort of has to drive. Yeah. But... And that's why, and, and, which is why Windsor still kind of like, I was there like for three years during the pandemic and, uh, or two years during the pandemic. And I was like, it's okay, but nice people. This is why, this is why I've said like the city has some genuinely amazing human beings in it. but there's nothing there no so windsor as a city is not very exciting especially since we're right across from detroit so if you want something exciting you go across the border and you head to detroit but the county is popping off it's a lot nicer at least for me who prefers the rural you know there's it's it's more scenic and we have really nice wine country so if you want to go sip on wine and see a beach and um, we go into Amherstburg all the time my partner and I on weekends we tend to go into Amherstburg and they've got um, some cafes and bakeries now so we'll go to one of the bakeries get croissants and then we'll walk down the street to a cafe to get coffees or in my case hot chocolate because I'm not much of a caffeine fiend um and then we'll walk around and it's the closest feeling to sort of europe that you can get in our area of southern ontario it's very nice um but yeah we don't really go into the city much we tend to go away from the city yeah no i I don't fault you for that i don't fault you for that i'm in calgary and i want one thing i want to do is get away now i will say where I live in a city, it would be San Diego because <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, if I were to live in a city, uh, there's three, there's three cities in the states I would live in: um, San Diego, Vegas, Phoenix. Uh, like they're the all other, warm. They're all oh, oh no 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 like Vegas and Phoenix. So like, it's beyond warm. It's hot well, balls. Right? <laughs> that, you know what? I'm okay with it as long as it's not exceedingly humid. No, no, there's it's no humidity. It's the humidity not... that gets me, but it can right. be hot and dry, and I'm gonna be I'm like a lizard. I just want it to be hot and sunny. No, it's, it's okay. I, I I would of the three, I prefer San Diego because there's a beat, like there's the Pacific Ocean. Like, like uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna probably get a little bit more jealous. So I, I ended up like so I, I didn't I, I found out kind of last minute I was going to San Diego, so I kinda had to scramble. I ended up on this like um, uh, hostel that's literally off a of Pacific beach. So I woke up to dolphins coming out like, like, like coming up. Like, Excellent though. That's amazing. The, yeah. The, and, and surfing water, like perfect surfing water. And then I'd go to the con and, and, and I didn't party for like the first um, 
four or five days because yeah, I'm, I'm doing the con. Right. When the con was done, there's literally a picture of me at, at a Barbie party. So, I mean, you can, you can, you, <laughs> you, you can literally, like, I didn't have pink, but they gave me like a pink, like whatever. So, right. That, like, like it was one of those, it was one of those experiences. Like it was super fun. And, uh, no, I, I, I had a blast. I had, I had a, I had a amazing, I had a major blast doing what I was doing. And, uh, yeah. So, that that was that was good weather. I was like, you know, I just not need enough money as a creative to get to that point. Well, I'm on my way, about a fourth of the way there. So yeah, you're getting there. Exactly, exactly. And and if I lived and if I end up living there, I'd be like, I'd, I'd already be like, can I stay at your place for like a week? I'd be like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> totally you know, like I'm here that. now, like. Yeah, exactly. No, no, but I, I totally get it. like, like so my favorite stuff in it, there was um, uh, Point Peely. I really liked, the, I really liked, the, I really liked that part of the uh, south of that part of the neck of the woods. I enjoyed Amherstburg is okay. I enjoyed Amherstburg. I haven't, I haven't been there recently, so I can't comment on it. The only thing I miss from Windsor, honestly, is off of Ottawa Street. There is a Jewish bakery there it's like a, it's like a vegan as a it, it's a cool little spot it's got the best cupcakes i've ever had oh i like a good cupcake what, yeah. what which which bakery which place i can't remember what it's called but it's basically across from ottawa and gladstone okay it's literally on that net like on that tier like it's on like you go past you're heading west on uh, ottawa street you just go past gladstone it's on the right side Cannot remember its name to save my life right this minute, but they have an amazing cupcake. It's a small little bakery. You walk in, right? Like just, I, I, those, those were awesome. I miss those. I'm gonna have to find it and go on a pilgrimage now because we, me and my partner are bakers, um, and we love just any baked good. Like I will, I will eat it all. So we're always after the next best bakery, and we will. Yep. We'll visit all it, of them. It, it, it's a tiny little spot. It's off of Arwen Gladstone. And uh, I know this because I used to live off Gladstone. It used to be my go-to place. Um, yeah, like they, they have they have the vegan and non-vegan variety. Their non-vegan stuff is better, but they have both depending on what on your proclivities. And even their vegan stuff's pretty good. So it's not like it's not like it's it it's um you know, it's not like a rice cake, you know, or there's no Yeah. Yeah, some of it like it, it. I think fortunately we've gotten far enough into veganism as a lifestyle and a dietary need thing that people have started figuring out like what's really good to make. Sure. Because ten years ago, if you were a vegan and you went to a vegan place, you were eating grass and uh, salad, and and, was... so, and and sometimes you still are. Depending on yeah, where sometimes, you go. sometimes absolutely not every place has figured it out, but we're getting there in terms of substitutes and flavors and textures and temperatures. Mm -hmm. And so we've had at this point, decent vegan food. I'm not vegan, so I don't go seeking it out, but if it comes my way, I'll eat it. And if it's good, I will be perfectly happy with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I I I've always been more of like the vegetarian lifestyle, being at the healthier of the two, personally. But I I definitely again everybody does their thing at, at this point at this point in life really. Like, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you what to do or what not to do. There's a 
There's a vegan restaurant I like going to here once in a while. It's, it's called Pachamama. It's fun. It's a good crew there. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean I can't enjoy different things once in a while. It's just not like for me a full fledged lifestyle. But every once in a while, you'll go in, you'll try something. It's like it's good for you, and you taste it. You're like, I don't know. It's good. Are you sure? Are you absolutely? It's sure? good for you because you don't want to eat more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, like, like I, I actually have this theory why medicine tastes so bad. And it's a really simple one. So you don't have, so you remember that taste when you get, when you do going back to the insurance thing again earlier. Right. So you don't have a repeat offender. Like remember wow. how terrible, how horrible this shit is. You right? don't want to deal with it again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you want to be, you want to repel people with medicine sometimes because that way, that way it's like, wait, what, what do you mean? I got to teach eat that stuff again. It's like, yeah, you got to Cause you know, you're going to get it better, but I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like when you're a kid and your parents have to trick you into eating or having the really nasty cough medicine. I've seen so many videos now of parents who will like hide the little cup behind a juice box and a straw. So they trick the kids into thinking it's juice. And then they go, Oh, I can't believe you did that. Oh no! See, I see. My my dad was in naturopathy. I got to try all of the horrible concoctions. <laughs> right. My brother and I fortunately never got particularly mm -hmm. ill. Like you know, a couple colds, a couple flus, like you get when you're a kid. But um, I remember Dimatat fondly. It was grape flavored cold medicine, and that's the only medicine where I am like I have good memories of it. Where whenever we were sick, it was always like, "Can we have the Dimatat?" Because if you tried to give us anything else, that stuff was crap. Oh yeah, like like Buckley still tastes horrible. Like years and years later, it's just like, oh my god, like this can literally curl my hair. Like it can literally, <laughs> literally like holy crap. But it worked right and and and, yeah. and 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 that that's the whole thing right so i have a theory never make medicine taste good make it horrible so you people have a horrible experience being sick so they never go back yeah although which is funny i mean that's almost antithetical to how the pharmaceutical industry seem to be working right now where they want you to have more and more and more oh no it, 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 i mean i'll be i'll be perfectly honest pharmaceutical industry is at this point um, it's all about the, um, it's not about necessarily making someone healthy. It's about making, making money. And Absolutely. That's the, it's, it's amazing. Like this, this is so how old are you? If you don't mind me asking 26. Okay. I'm 41. So I'm slightly older and middle-aged and crazy and cranky and shit. So when I was a kid, right. I, I remember like antidepressants were being introduced like in the nineties. Now I'm not gonna, I'm not belittling mental health when I say this, but it is very worrying when you can actually do polls of cities and how many people are on something versus how many people are not. And the number that are not is as small as it is. Like I, again, I'm not saying there isn't some legitimate stuff there, but what I am saying is there comes a point where you got to look at it honestly and go, okay, how much of this is legit? How much of this is just about how much money Someone yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to saying that, you know, like with the opioid crisis where doctors were over prescribing um, just Big because 
they were, you know, getting this information and, and sometimes getting kickback from the companies to be subscri- uh, prescribing this stuff. Um, so there definitely could be some element of that in terms of, you know, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications as well. Um, there's also definitely, I mean, it's a cultural thing too, where in the 90s and prior to that, people had those problems still, didn't talk about them. It's definitely become less taboo to actually be open about you sure. know these these conditions and which so that would that it's definitely part of the big change in terms of why you see so many people saying oh you know like i'm on these medications or i have this condition just yes. because you can talk about it and not be stigmatized about it but i'm sure there's also a component of pharmaceutical companies shilling this stuff and trying to make a buck because oh, uh, you know if that wasn't the case like we wouldn't see uh, insulin costs skyrocketing the way we have, you know, a life-saving medication where they feel that they can absolutely gouge you because you either take it or you die. Um, Well, it goes even even further than that. If you look at their profit margins year in and year out, they keep jumping. Like like, literally literally the only industry that makes more money, right, that makes more money than a pharmaceutical industry um, is weapons. So that, again, so... And you look at some of the medications too, what, what they actually are. And some of them are, you're like, why would anyone take this? But again, that's, that's the, that, but we live in a world, we still live in a world. And I get, again, I'm not going to go deep, deep dive into this. We, we, we have a healthy, at this point, I would say healthy mistrust of authority at this point in the ball game, except for doctors, right? Except for doctors. And Again, there's two sides to that coin for sure, but yeah, if- like you don't want to have a society where doctors are mistrusted because then people yeah. are going to be sick and they're not going to seek care when they need it. Um, and you're going to have people with, you know, conditions that maybe weren't super severe to begin with and then became that way and became chronic and require mm-hmm. constant care because they were afraid to see a doctor. Um, but there are also definitely doctors that probably shouldn't be trusted. And quite a few of them are on TV. And quite a few of them are on TV. And also the other thing, again, the nature of the profit has could become first and healthcare second with everything. So like, I don't know what to tell somebody anymore about that. Like I, I like, don't trust your doctor, it might be justified. On the other hand, you got to take care of this too, right? Yeah, I think think a better way to caution people would just be do your due diligence, you know, like, don't go in with blanket distrust, but research the practitioner you go to, get a second opinion. If you have a couple doctors telling you the same thing, that's maybe a little more likely than one doctor going, oh, yeah, you have this really weird condition that I happen to have the perfect medicine to treat. Go yeah. get that. Go get that second opinion and that, that you know, um, more information about that medication that you should be trying. So don't don't go in with blanket distrust, but do your own due diligence to make sure that you can be confident following the prescription ascribed to you and your particular condition. Right. Yeah, no. Overall, overall, it's that that's a wise approach, right? But like I said, we, we're it's a it's a weird time. I I just think that um, so I I I again, we're not gonna go deep dive, my deep dive here, but my crazy theory about the world today is one of the reasons people are so divided is because there is a lack of credibility and transparency and authority. 
And because of that, there is a there is a natural tendency to pick a side that seems the most like you, mm-hmm. right? Even though I think it doesn't, it t- it it tends to how do I put this? The system's still corrupt no matter which side to pick. But right, maybe it simplifies the fact that well, our guys aren't as bad as your guys, even though the real thing is no, 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 all these guys are bad, and maybe we need to have a serious talk about how this system works. Yeah, there are absolutely issues with the system that should be addressed, whether it's, you know, the rules for who can run for office and how, um, you know, experienced you should be. Because right now we're experiencing a lot of politicians who aren't politicians and maybe shouldn't be politicians. And then, you know, um, gerrymandering and how they're rigging who can vote and how and when and, um, you know, how long people can stay in office a lot of that i think needs to be addressed because some folks are staying in office probably a lot longer than um they have any right to be especially as you know some folks as they age get more and more entrenched in particular opinions um especially if those opinions are a little old-fashioned and harmful in a modern society so like i definitely think there's things that for sure need to be addressed in pretty much every political system that exists today. You'll never get a perfect one just because perfect politics is completely an oxymoron, but um, there are for sure things that could be addressed and improved and whether or not they will be remains to be seen. We can only hope. Um, Yeah. Oh, at at this point in the ball game, I think, I think um, there has to be a bit of a, and I hate to say it like a bit of a more of an erosion before we actually really get serious about dealing with it. I think, so this is what I think is like the the big giant thing. I think I think what's happening is because of the nature of technology, the fact that you and I can have this conversation here, the fact that, that we have like ways of using this stuff to build like infrastructures that have never been done before. I think there's actually room to make a lot of these organizations smaller, mm-hmm. right? Like, like okay, honestly, like if you look at if you look at it from just the point of view of communication we don't actually need a lot of middlemen anymore because the no. idea, no, we, we, because the idea of, of figuring out what you want, let, let, right. Versus what I want and, and actually have like, we can actually have an open discussion about this without anybody else really involved. Right. Even if we end up disagreeing on certain things, we're both like individually speaking, this is simple. And I folks are, this is simplistic, right. Individually, you and I could probably come to a compromise somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. yeah, right. So that exists today. And now again, in larger groups, it's not quite that simple, but I also think there's going to be, I think that as time goes on, we're going to like marbles. Like if, you, if a country is a whole bunch of marbles in a corner, right. The marbles are just going to go everywhere. And I think what's going to happen that I think what's going to happen is what you need, what you're going to need government and a lot of these other things for now is, okay, I represent my community. You represent your community. Let's talk about what we figure out, what, what we need. Just do that. Figure out what works for both of us. Right. And only get somebody else involved with me and you somehow can't come to terms. Right. It's almost like a need for a grassroots approach, but with mediators involved so that all these communities can then talk on a more granular level because the, you know, populations have exploded so much as well, where um, political representatives are representing larger and larger communities. But 
those communities aren't necessarily agreeing with what this one guy is trying to represent. You know, Canada has a lot of different political parties and one single town is going to have people made up of all of them. They've all, you know, well, not all, but a, a majority group of them has elected one party to represent them. So say, you know, you have a town of 4 million people and you are mostly a liberal community. So you have liberal representatives discussing um, things for you up in, in parliament. Well, anyone who is not necessarily liberal and might not agree with those opinions that the liberals have, um, they're not going to feel as represented. And when you don't feel represented, you start to feel defensive, which kind of spurs those arguments and that lack of willing to compromise because you don't feel like you're being heard. So if we end up with, you know, maybe smaller groupings of people in you know, a forum where they can all discuss, but have more of their opinions be heard and discussed, it might actually result in less discord between the groups. Well, it, it'd be a discord in, in a constructive way. We, again, every, every Yeah, that's it. exactly it. Yeah. No one's going to fully agree and no one has to, um, but there has to be at some point, some middle ground that people can at least accept is yeah. maybe best for the majority um, and a bigger majority than perhaps it is today, um, just because there's so many people that have to be heard and have their voice represented. So, well, it, it, it's that's the important thing, right? Everybody has to feel like they're like they're heard. It doesn't. You don't have to get your way every single time because you won't. That's just no. not possible. Yeah, but if being heard, yeah, totally. Like that. That can, that can be done every time, especially today. Like, like we do have that, the tools are there and that's kind of like where I think this is all ultimately going. Right. Because why would, like, if you really sit there and think about it, why would we keep going to the system as is? Again, you and I can have conversation. We're about literally, what, 2,000, 3,000 clicks apart, somewhere like that. Right. Right. And I'm not, and again, that's a, that's a simplistic point of view, but we'll take it one step further. You could literally have this communication with homes in Ontario, St. Thomas, Ontario, uh, Amherstburg. You could do the same thing with all these communities, and you can have some kind of representation where everybody's talking and everybody's kind of coming to like again because everybody has different needs. Now everybody's going to get what they want. That's fine too, but everybody can be heard today, and I think that's a really like you might the big problem might be figuring out how to filter the noise out. But that's a better problem to have than no one feeling like than 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 no one feeling like they are being heard at all. Yeah, I read an interesting theory, and the name of it is eluding me right now. Um, but it was in research for a book that I was working on about possible forms of politics that we might see in the future. And right now, a lot of it is based on, you know, you have a party and the party says we represent these ideals and you join one party or maybe you'll flip a little bit if you're sort of in the middle and you'll you'll vote for whoever you feel is representing you best at the time. Um, but the theory basically postulated that in the future, rather than parties being based on ideals, they'd be based on traits and that people would join as many parties as they felt they had the traits of. So you could join a party based on um, your age or your profession or your gender or where you live in the world. Um, 
which, you know, would eventually spiral out of control. But the base premise was that people could vote within as many parties as they felt that they wanted to, to have all parts of them represented and heard because people might feel like they belong mostly to this one party, but this other party has some really valid points that they don't necessarily disagree with either. And who do you vote for at that point when you're kind of torn? So if you can be part of multiple parties and have you know a say in up to a limit i think that i think the theory was like you can't be part of every party but you could choose you know the three dominant ones that felt you felt you most belong to um and have a voice based on that it's an interesting idea i think i think we're i think honestly what we're going to end up doing is kind of heading back to something that's a little bit more moderate like i Politically speaking, I think none, none of us, again, we all just want to be heard and listened to. However, or like I mean, maybe it is maybe a three or more party system where everybody can be involved in different communities, which I think is a bad idea entirely either. You, at least you, you deal with more people and you can learn. But what I think it's going to ultimately come down to is, you know what, I, I don't really care about your extreme views on energy or your extreme views on guns. I don't give a fuck. But hey, you know what? I can meet you in the middle here. And, that's, or, or, that's exactly it. Because like you said, extremism sort of become the order of the day where everyone's opinions about a topic have become so extreme that they are refusing to meet in the middle. And if we can get back to a moderate point where you know people are at least willing to have those conversations and find that middle ground things might become a little more uh cohesive rather than everyone going you don't agree with my opinion and therefore you're against me and you're wrong and we can never talk or be friends or whatever and i don't think that's the case in most cases um, most, of us, so most of us i think would prefer to be moderates like yeah. when it comes right down to it like there are things that like we can disagree with a whole like quote unquote party like party ideal somewhere, but we can appreciate pieces of what they bring to the table at the same time. It's, it's nuanced, right? Like you right? No one lives in a like the world's bigger than all of us in some in some way or fashion. Like again, me and you probably ninety percent of things will agree. Ten percent we won't, right? Because we're more. I didn't think we're more like than we're different. That's wonderful. You know what? And, and the differences are cool. That's what's going to make us us. But that doesn't mean I can't appreciate even the things that we do disagree on. That doesn't mean I can't appreciate the things you do represent. Exactly. Like you don't yeah. necessarily have to agree with it, but making at least an effort to understand and hear the other person out goes a long mm -hmm. way. You can have an extreme opinion, but to take that opinion and go, this is how I feel. And therefore everything you say is going to be disregarded. Isn't really the way to go. Cause then you don't ever hear anyone else and you don't ever think about anyone else because your opinion is the only one that matters and it becomes isolating that way and in, in more than one way mm -hmm. i mean that's kind of good in terms of sales like ironically enough like that's a good way to approach sales sure a business should have a stance but a business is looking out for a business rather than yeah. a political system working hopefully to make the world better for other people in an ideal world. Mm -hmm. um, so I would expect a business to be like that in terms of wanting to generate their sales and to be successful, but not everything in the world should perhaps work that way. No, pol politics should not run like a business. No. There's a thought. There's yeah, I think I think that is one that we can definitely 100% agree on. <laughs> yeah, politics shouldn't, right? But I mean, that's the thing, right? That's the world we're in right now, and that's 
yeah, like I said, we'll see where it goes. I, I'm going to be on the road par- partying like a rock star. That's kind of my that's my master plan. You, and it sounds like you are going to be in small towns with your significant other, partner, whatever you want to, however you want to put this. And you're going to be drinking wine and, and, and eating all the baked goods and hunting that's down. That's exactly baked- it. Yeah, like yeah. We're, we're out chilling by a lake. Having having a couple quiet drinks and some good food, <laughs> which honestly, it's not bad. It's not a bad way to. It's not a bad way to live at all, honestly. So, writing is a hobby slash passion. So I I did a talk at uh, there's a conference out here called When Words Collide. Also, something you guys should all go to at least. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, so When Words Collide is so it it's it's going on a new a new direction next year. But the idea is you come out here, you're some, you meet writers on all these, these different levels or doing different workshops, different things. Um, I got to make people sing Carry On, Wayward Son in mine. That, like, that was actually a personal goal, and I got that to happen. That's so, excellent. I love it. Yeah. I used to do a, one called Dr. Seuss Soft, made grown-up grown authors read Dr. Seuss. You have not lived until you've heard Fox and Socks and the Valley Girl voice. <laughs> You have not lived, but the the uh, the point the point I was I was uh, getting at with uh, with the whole thing is I in my freelance talk was there's three kinds of writers in my opinion. The first one is writes completely for the passion, right? Second one wants to make some money doing it, but has other priorities. See, I kind of feel like that's where you fit, right? You're, You're probably right. If yeah. I assume the third one would be someone who's doing it for the money. Someone's trying to make a living doing it. Right. right? Yeah. Right, right. Don't get me wrong. I would love to make a, mon- make a living off of writing. Like that would be sort of an yeah. ultimate goal. But realistically, that's very hard to do. Um, and if I'm going to write, I'm going to like doing it. Um, and if it happens where I eventually make enough money that I can do it full time, that's fantastic. But if I don't, I'm not going to feel let down by that. Because sure. at the end of the day, I'm still doing something I love. I'm still getting it in front of maybe other people who wouldn't normally see my work. So I'm making that little bit of money off of it. But I, I don't feel like I am less of an author just because I'm not doing it as a full time career, which some people you know, have a very snobbish, in my opinion, viewpoint of writing, where if you don't do it for a living, you're not a real writer. And I don't agree with that. I, I don't, I don't agree with that either. The only thing I tell, this is what I tell people, like whatever, like there's no wrong path, right? What I tell people is, is there a, okay, I want to make a living as a writer. Is there a but to that? Because if there's a but to that, there's a problem. Yeah. Right, right. There's, there's a problem. Right. Because then what you're telling me is you want to do that, but you're letting something kind of get in the way. Again, I'm not saying that like I'm trying to make like I'm I fall in the column tree. I try to make a living doing what I'm doing. It's my main source of income. It's not my only source of income. I still have a side gig, but I've made it to the point where my creativity pays me more money than than a day job does, which is which is which is something I've worked again. This did not happen overnight. Right. No, that's exactly it. You have to take the time to build that up. Um, and there's a lot component as much as there is a skill component. Um, there are some places where that's just not going to happen for you. There are some places where it definitely can. And there's also like a level of sacrifice that I feel like you have to put into um, to get to that point. I So I agree with the luck. I don't agree with the place. 
I don't think that exists anymore, to be perfectly honest with you. Is, is it right? Um, I don't necessarily mean geographically, but in terms of the niche in which you are creative, I think you have to be in the right place. If I'm writing a book that 15 other authors have written before me, I'm probably not in the right place to like make it big. Just because, say that genre is washed up or it's not the right time for it or it's too early for it to resurge. Um, it's it's the marketing component of being creative that I find. I'm actually going to gently push back on you on that okay. one. Okay. Because I, I don't think it's really about, I truly believe that really what it comes down to is, okay, so let's talk like, we'll, do, we'll just do this strictly business for just a just a simple it doesn't matter how many authors write in the genre, in my opinion. I think what matters is what do you bring to the table? Because ultimately your books are about what you care about. Absolutely. Right? So if that's the case, then what you're, you're, you're not, your books are a byproduct of the real product you're offering, which is you. Right? Now, the challenge you have, and this is the challenge I think you have, okay? So for example... I'm writing a story, an urban fantasy-ish story about an alternative universe night witch killing evil versions of the Knights of the Round. Right this minute, right? Right. Right. Now, there are various versions of this kind of story that exists. So what am I offering? That's different. And so, okay, here's the real So what the story is really about is about someone afraid to fall in love again. That's a more intriguing angle. Sure. That's something I'm bringing bringing to it. It doesn't matter that there's like Alana Andrews, Kate Daniels. It doesn't matter that there's there's so many other things out there. What matters is, um, I have a clear understanding of like like the book I'm writing, mm -hmm. what I'm offering with the book I'm writing, and where I think the yeah. audience is. See, I agree with that, but then you get into um, so for you, you're writing to make a living off of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite at that phase yet. So when I'm writing, I have to write something that I am happy to be writing and passionate about at that time. And sometimes what I'm writing doesn't have that marketable aspect. I haven't thought about it in terms of that. I'm just writing the story I want to write at the time. And it occasionally just turns out that there isn't something new or fresh or that hook that is going to um, get an agent to want to invest in me just because that's not the way I've written that book. Some people do start out with a book or a story or something and they go, okay, this is the marketable aspect of it and I'm going to build off of that. I'm not at that point right now where I'm just writing what what is. So if I write a book that is basically, you know, The Walking Dead 2.0, zombies have sort of fallen out of fashion a little bit they're not quite as popular as they were before and i might not have that hook to then lure that agent in to go yeah okay even though this is a genre or a concept that's been done a lot it's it i don't necessarily have that aspect where they're like this is still fresh and relevant and marketable there's an audience for it um so it, it's just a different way of looking at it from a business perspective where i'm not at that point where i'm not currently writing for business i'm writing for pleasure and hoping it might become business one day um and and that's and that's fair the only the only thing that the only thing i'm this is where this is where i'm just going to be gentle on the push i mean i'm push back a little bit on this no only this you could i'm when i wrote this story initially there wasn't like a planned hook. I just, I figured it out as I, yeah. as I went. I, I think the real thing here 
I, this is this this is just where I this is where I just see it. It's about your goals in the industry right now, more so than everything else you're saying, and, right? Because I think you're at a point like you're. I, it sounds to me like just based off, and I'm not like no no chastisement, no judgment or anything like that. You're happy with your day job. You're enjoying what you're doing. You're having fun, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's where you're at. Honestly, cool. Right. That there's no, there's no, um, that's fair. Right. And then there's honestly, there are lots of, lots of authors. I think if they had that kind of honesty, right. There's nothing wrong with that. The only thing I would tell you is from a marketing business, blah, blah, blah perspective. Right. I think if you wanted to, the tools are there now. Do you want to? That's a different question, right? And and that's that is something that is something you got to kind of go in yourself and go, okay, yay, or okay, nay. And by the way, there's no wrong answer. I'm not going to be like, how dare you not do this? For <laughs> like, I don't, right. I don't, I, I don't, I like, I don't look at it like that. What I look at is, um, what I look at is, okay, what do you want to accomplish with this book, right? Whether you get want to get an agent or whether you want to put it on Kickstarter or whether you want to just go to when I got published by Justine, my whole goal initially was I wanted a book that I could print that I published in smash words and then sell it at conventions. That was my entire right. goal. I accidentally got published by Mirror World. Like it was it's legitimate it's a legitimate story, right? So it wasn't the plan. So it's like then, and so there, there's where I like so I totally am with you on the luck component as well. But at the same time, what I what I've realized with this industry in particular, um, it's about being clear with what you you want personally with a project. I don't right. right what and then understanding from that perspective what you offer with it. And if your and if your perspective is, I just want to have a good time writing my shit. And have some fun and maybe meet some cool people doing it. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, honestly, that, and I that, that's think a... both things can sort of happen at the same time too. Sure. Sometimes oh, you absolutely. start writing something and you, you know, get partway through or close to the end, you go, actually, I think I've got something here. And you sort of you can find that hook along the way, even if you didn't start out that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's I think for a lot of authors it's also a pretty common way of doing it if you're not immediately in that business mindset. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fair. Like I said, I, I just think like for me, when I really started to make money as a freelancer was when I found the confidence to be one. And that's a different it's such a mindset thing. Right. And, and right. And ultimately all I'm saying is ultimately it's about your goals right this minute. And for you, like, it, like, and again, you're, you want to have fun right now. You're enjoying where you're at. And honestly, that's a great place to be. Yeah. It, uh, and I mean, there's also that, that bit where for a lot of authors too, like you can be happy where you're at as well. And there's also that aspect of comfort. 
Yeah. Um, Cause I know like where I'm at right now is, is secure. I couldn't go tomorrow and quit my day job and say, yeah, I'm going to be an author full time or a writer full time or a freelancer full time. I would not at all feel comfortable with doing that. That's a precarious situation that I'm not currently interested in being in. Uh, but then there are those people who are like, yeah, you know what, this is what I want and I'm going to take that leap and they go for it. And kudos to them. Cause that is fantastic when you can do it and you're bold enough to do it. But some people also just aren't quite, there you know well well and that's that and again that's an honest assessment of yourself right that like i think more than anything else it's about like um again what you want i had 12 rules of success the eighth rule is actually stay uncomfortable because it's the only way you grow yeah and there's i will say to that point is don't necessarily be comfortable in every aspect of your life like you should always be pushing but you don't also have to throw yourself over the cliff um, no. in order to be successful so for me pushing um outside of those boundaries is things like writing outside of genres that i'm comfortable with or um you know trying different formats of writing than what i normally do because if what i normally do is what i'm comfortable with that's not ever going to get any better um so mm -hmm. you always have to be learning different techniques or even so much as as reading something you normally wouldn't do because if you're a writer i also feel that you really strongly need to be a reader um and that helps you grow and reading things that aren't what you normally read also helps sort of drive you forward as a writer because it gives you different perspectives and ideas and methods um to learn beyond what you already know oh yeah no no you you have to like okay in terms of the art um you music fan by any chance depends on the music die okay. hard like heavy metal um beyond I that I I, I, I I totally could see you in the mosh pit kicking ass. Yeah. I totally I totally get it. <laughs> I, uh, Most I saw... people say the opposite, but I grew no, up no, with my no, no, hard no. heavy metal parents. Uh, so that was all I grew up on, and that's kind of all I've stuck with. <laughs> so for me, so for me, it's Amon. So metal, it's Amon Mars. Like them, mm -hmm. I'm more into like symphonic power metal from Europe. That's generally where my, my so Nightwish, Blind Guardian. Uh, Epica, like that kind of, that's kind of my realm of metal. Eluvite is really, really good. And I don't mind like going to like, like other live, just metal live is always super fun. I love the pit. It's, it's, it, it's a crazy, actually, actually it's, it's ladies like yourself that actually hit me the hardest in the pit. Because <laughs> you, you will put your whole body weight into it. Well, because if you, if you don't, you're getting knocked over. So you have to make yourself a rock. And you got to get your elbows out there. And, oh, oh, no, yeah. no. no. I, I, but, but I've seen I've seen women your size do leaping body checks into me. Like, they put every, everything into it. It's just like, damn. Like, like the 400-pound guys beside me aren't hitting me this no. hard. <laughs> no. Right? Right? Right. You, you, and that's, and that's an amazing thing, right? Like the last thing you'd expect is like, no, I could totally, I could totally see you in the pit. But the example I was going to use was Lincoln Park, which who you may or may not have listened to. And the reason I was going to bring them up was my favorite album of theirs, like going out of song, but going out of comfort zones is a thousand Suns. It's not their typical Lincoln Park album. It's a concept album. Is it their best album? No, I think castle glass the one they did right after like is is their best album but i think they needed this album to get there because what to your point uh we have to we have to go into realms of we have to try stuff out just to see how it works out 
right? And sometimes, and sometimes it come you come up with something really incredible, like I did with the Watcher with Mirror World right back in the day. That was like a Gilgamesh epic poem that Justine really liked. And uh, it's like, okay, hey, let's let, let let's publish this. I'm like, okay, you, I mean, that was just uh, that's literally how it happened. Um, but to go to go on with that, right? That whole thing is, it's like you will find like trying different things out. Like for me, uh, getting more involved in the romantic community a little bit out here in terms of just being a supporter. That's eye opening too. Those old ladies are dirty minded. They make me <laughs> right. They make me blush. But but the thing is, I think the thing that a lot of people get um, mistaken for is there's some phenomenal writers in the rom in romance. There's some really good ones. And yeah. and even though it's not my it like it's not my cup of tea, right? In terms of something I'd read on a regular basis, yeah, you need to go and, and look at what they do. Look, I've seen I've seen I've seen I've seen some of those writers make taking off a sock sexy. That is much harder to do than it sounds, right? And, right, but you have to, but you got to do it because if you're going to learn about this craft in any way, shape, or form, you got to do something different. Like I said, Lincoln Park did a thousand suns, and it made their next album better. They went back to what they more typically do in in their in, in their stuff, but there was a new zest, a new right. life to it because they hadn't mined that vein all the way to the ground anymore. It's like, now we're coming at this from a fresh sort of eyes. Again. Exactly. You have to be curious and you have to explore. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, okay. So you're, 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 so what, who are your metal bands of choice? Come on. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm big into a lot of the bands that come out of Sweden are excellent. So yes. probably my favorite is one called avatar. Okay. Um, me and Mitch, my partner, have seen them live three or four times now. They're always phenomenal. They put on a show um, every time. The singer will come out with a trombone unexpectedly. It's it's a ton of fun. Um, so I've really been really been into them for a few years now. Um, Machine Head is another really good one. Um, I have been listening to one that I found recently called Self-Deception, also out of Sweden. Um, I think they're really good. In Flames is kind of classic. I, I had 50, been 50. disappointed. Yeah. I'm 50-50 on In Flames. They I had been disappointed by them for the last few albums. I didn't think they were quite as good. But the last one they just released, I actually quite enjoyed. So I, I, I feel like they're back on a track that I personally enjoy. They, 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 they try, I, I give them credit for trying different stuff. They do try different things. Um, but yeah, sometimes, and sometimes, and then maybe they're the, they're the um, example of sometimes you got to know, you got, you got to understand the spaghetti that sticks to the wall. Right. Yeah. Right. You got to understand this. You, it's okay. Like, like you don't always expect the spaghetti to stick to the wall to be what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. But it happens, right? And then you gotta like, I gotta embrace it in some form or fashion, anyway, right? So, uh, but that's my commentary about In Flames. Some people really like them. I'm kind of yeah. with you. I'm 50 50. It's like, you know, they do this okay, but they do this. Like, they're not a band, they're not, and then, and as such, they're usually not my first choice to listen to, like, right. they're, they're, because it's just like, I don't know what I'm gonna get, right? And, 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 and not in like the fun way like ooh, this could be fun it's like well i might get their fun stuff or i might get that's exactly it that's sort of where i'm at with like 
metal as a whole where okay there's so many different subgenres of metal but i don't like them all and in the ones that i do like i feel like there's a bit of stagnation going on um where they're not necessarily doing anything fun and interesting and a lot of what they are doing has started sounding the same so you listen to one album and you feel like you've just listened to the same song on repeat 10 12 times just because all the songs sound that that they have that same sound um so i i've been finding myself a little bit bored with a lot of the bands that i had previously really enjoyed um so that's why I've been trying to find some new ones. So self-deception is a little bit new to me. Avatar, I find they're one of those bands that keeps um, evolving. So they have similarities in their sound, but they're not afraid to do something new, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really interesting for them. Um, Korn is a band that I think maybe more so in the past than now, they used to do really interesting things. They've yes. gotten a little bit, um, again, not as exciting to me for the last couple albums, but they used to have a really fun time and I really appreciated that. So I've, I've been on the hunt for that next fun band that hits those, those sort of sound um needs for me without being too similar to what everyone else does pirate metal yay nay yay to an extent sometimes it goes too far but i do enjoy like ailstorm i think they're really fine and there's a few out there um i've been enjoying heavy metal sea shanties specifically so not even just the sound of pirate metal but actually taking those historical songs and turning them into metal i think has been really fun so I, I got a band to recommend to you. Track they're from Spain, Crusade of Bards. I've interviewed them on the show too. So you okay. Back. Yeah, they they they're pirate metal, but they're they're they they do um they have some fun. They do historical stuff in the in their music too. Uh, my favorite one of theirs is Northwest Passage. So it's kind of oh fun. yeah okay yeah right. So the Crusade of Bards. Uh, so they did that. So there there's that that's one that's one band. Uh, based out of here, you might enjoy Osiren. Okay. Uh, no, not a siren. Sorry, not they're not based out of here. Sirens from somewhere else. I'm thinking Ravenous from uh, Calgary. They're they're fun. They're just a fun band. Like they're the band that you would just go listen to that you would enjoy being in the pit with. There might be more of a pit band than than one you'd listen to regularly. Which that that's fair because there are some bands who like you're like okay I don't I don't love your studio stuff but when you see them live they pop off. Well, uh, because some bands some bands are really good at like yeah some bands. The show is where you want it to be. Yeah. And some bands, the albums are really good too. Yeah. And then there's some in the middle. Like they can do that can do both. And those those bands are excellent. Like you must see them on Mars Live if you haven't. They're fun. You know what? We haven't. I don't think they've ever come around here outside of a big festival. And we don't generally do the festivals because they're kind of a big investment to get to. Um, so if we ever see them do just a show, I would happily I go see them. It's the first time in my life I got beamed in the head with a wheelchair. The wheelchair was actually getting crab sticked up. You're laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> seen that a few times. Yes. Yeah, I didn't expect it. It's one of those weird, it's one of those weird little moments in life when you get hit with it. It's like, oh, what the hell? You look up, holy shit, a wheelchair, right? And right. Like, the you don't expect go that to be up there. Yeah, you don't. And you're like, and you and again, you like your head pain is suddenly gone too because you're just so surprised at what you just see. It's like yeah, I'm helping them up. Like I, I was like, oh, right. 
right? It, it's just yeah. It's, that that was at the Mars show. I, I I was at. They they're fun. We literally shook the building. We legitimately shook the yeah. building. Yeah, there was a there was a venue in Detroit. Um, I think it was St Andrews Hall. But they keep having to shut down because it's a slightly older venue and all of the uh, heavy metal concerts that go on there have actually damaged the structural integrity of the floor where it wobbles like this. Like, it's insane. So they've had to close that venue a couple of times for repairs just because the crowds are so intense. Yep. Just the way it is, right? Yeah. Right. Um, no, like, so yeah, so there's some moments. Uh I actually do um, on my, uh, I'll, 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 every once in a while, I send like metal recommendations to some of my friends. I actually knew a guy that used to play, I mentioned Eluvite. He actually used to be in a band and used to jam with them on a regular basis when they went through this. So, so That's it's excellent. Like, yeah. So you, it's, it's a sm like doing what I do. It's a small, like, again, it's a small world. You find how small it actually really is sometimes doing a show like this. And, uh, Anyway, he's, we'll send each other metal recommendations. Like he sent me a, actually a metal band that's all about flamingos. Legitimately. That's all about flamingos. That's what I love about Excellent. metal. I like new stuff like that. Like there's a um, heavy metal band where all of the members dress up as Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. Yes. Yep. That's, that's it. I mean, they're gimmicks, but man, if I don't love them, they hook I, you in. You can't, you can't not be amused by it. Well, going back to what something you said earlier about writing for fun, perform like there's nothing again. There's nothing wrong with that's all you're doing, you know, right? And some of these bands, like yeah, they're they're a gimmick, but they're they've embraced it. They're having fun with it. At the end of the day, that's all that really really matters, right? It, 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 are you enjoying what you're doing? Are you putting in yourself because again, something to point out, like right, something to point out. Not all of this has to be about a living. Sometimes it's no. just about the some. Sometimes it's just about the little moments, right? In between, right? That's it. That and, and honestly, if that's all you're doing, all right. Again, be honest with yourself. That's the only yeah, thing I exactly. said. It's the only caveat I have with that. It's like be honest with yourself. Yeah. Right. I mean you know, like I said, as much as I would love for writing to sort of become a full time thing for me. If I don't, if, if it became a full-time thing and I didn't enjoy it, there would be no point in continuing on. That's fair. It would be lovely. But if I'm going to do it full-time, I still have to love it. That's how I feel about any, any work that I do. So, you know, I work as a communication specialist. Obviously I, I work with um, Mirror World to do their social media, but I work with another company that's their communication specialist. I really like the work I do for them. I think it's really fascinating, um, but I wouldn't be as happy if I didn't like it. If I, if I came home from work every day and I was like, man, you know, I don't like this at all. This sucks. I, I wouldn't, I'd end up wanting to go and do another career. Cause if I have to spend my life in the pursuit of a living, I would at least also like it to be in the pursuit of enjoyment of that living. No. And you know what? That is totally, that's totally fair. Like, like, like I said, but, and just like I said, there's no judgment on my end. Like, like I said, just as long as you are honest about what you want, you're going for it to the best of your ability. There's nothing anyone can really say to you. Like, no, honestly. exactly. Cause at that point, what are they criticizing? You know, you're yeah, doing what you want to be doing and anyone can say anything about it that they want, but that can't affect you at that point. Well, well, 
I hope it shouldn't affect you at that well, point. Well, yes. Yeah. When yeah, you're yeah. when you're comfortable and confident in doing what you're doing, what other people say matters a lot less. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the other side. It doesn't matter how it feels. What matters is are you doing what you're supposed to, what you feel you're supposed to do and are you happy doing it? Exactly. The rest of it doesn't matter. Exactly. And I find that really important, um, whether it's a hobby or a living, just be happy doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you're not happy, try to find where you are happy. Chase time and chase happiness. And at the end of the day, um, do what you love with people you love. And you seem to have that nailed down. Working on it. I don't know if it's one thing, you know, it's probably not something you can ever nail down, but it's something that you can always be, you know, chasing there's always there's always you know okay so let, let, let let's let, let, let let's go let's let, let's do this as the last deep dive of the com of the podcast and call <laughs> it a day i think you can find like you can find you can find happiness i absolutely um, i definitely agree with that okay. i just think there's always more to find but that's healthy i wouldn't even go so say that's that's an antithesis to happiness like not like okay I've I, I've gotten to the point where I'm I'm almost making a living wage creatively. Right. I still have a side gig, and I mean, and I mean it. Like it creatively makes more than my my gig. I just to let you know what I do. The other uh, job I do is I work for the Calgary Flames. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I work I work in their warehouse. It's it's one of the easiest jobs I've ever had. Like legitimately, and but it's a perfect second job. It's not. Yeah. But right, that's exactly what I wanted it to be, and that's what it is. Primarily, I make my money doing either creating content for various clients. That's what I primarily make money. Now, I want to make more money, but that's I'm working towards that. Exactly. In general, okay, I started work today at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, my time. I have that freedom to do that. I I, I prefer the book, talking to you. I'm living and then tonight I'm writing, I'm writing up a storm because I got a lot of other things I gotta, I gotta get done. But the whole point is right. The whole point is like, I've made a decision and conscious decision of what I'm doing. I want more. I want to make more money. I want to get more jobs. I want, but in general, in this moment, am I doing everything I want to do or I'm supposed to do for the moment? The answer is yes. Right now. That feeling might change someday. Mm-hmm. To your point, that feeling may change someday. But in this moment, I've done my thing. I'm going to take my podcast on the road next year. Yeah, I'm going to do more shows. I'm going to travel. I'm going to, like I have this like crazy like vision of what I want to do, and I'm going to follow through on that vision because that's what that's what will make me happy. Now, eventually, I'm going to want to do other things as well. But I think that's that is a natural progression. Going back to something you said about confidence, you're confident in what you've accomplished. You've enjoyed what you've done. Now, again, may, maybe between the two of us, I might be a touch bolder, but then that might, I think that's a fair. Uh, I, I'm one of those guys that leaps into the unknown, maybe a little quicker. That doesn't mean though that what you're doing is any more is any more or less. It means you're happy with what you're doing and you're happy with where you're at. Now, do you want more? Sure. Right. Doesn't. But I think honestly, it sounds to me like you're pretty happy, all things considered. Yeah. I think, you know, kind of what I was getting at is like 
be happy and seek happiness because mm -hmm. yeah, you can be happy exactly where you are right now. And then one day, maybe you need a little more, go after it, find what's going to make you happy consistently. Well, that's rule eight folks stay uncomfortable. This is why you got it. You have to pursue yet. You, you have to constantly do it because life much like you must always change. No matter how old I get, this is more and more true as time goes on. Um, okay, so the last question, and then we're going to wrap this up by plugging you. Actually, what do we want to plug here with you? Like your, your position with the company, your books? Well, I, uh, I'm i going to do a bit of both. Sure. I have it, I have it handy here. Nice. From Mirror World Publishing, this is the anthology that I was lucky enough to have a short story published in. It is seven different authors writing seven different stories all about an exciting journey, uh, as the tag says, across time, space, and reality. So definitely check it out. There's a lot of really great authors in here from a really great publisher who I am also now fortunate enough to do a little bit of work for. <laughs> That's right. And since I know the website, I'm just going to put it up here for, for people to watch and or listen for later. Perfect. Yeah. I actually screwed up your name. I realized it after after the uh, after I did this because I, I I I I should have I I was pretty convinced like Rihanna. That's that's your name. Nope, Rihanna. In. Yeah, -uh. you know what? It's all right. It's one of those names where unless you know it, you don't really know it. Um, yeah, I've right. had a lot of I've had a lot of people. I've had some weird pronunciations. So look at my name. Like, I understand. Like I really, really do understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always feel bad screwing it up though, just a little bit, just for that reason. But here, but the last question, and this is just a fun one. You love to read. I saw some of your reading lists. So what was the book that made you say, I want to do this? You know what? Probably Harry Potter. Way, way, that. way back in the day when I was in, all right, so my parents gave me the books when I was in, I think second grade. So I read them very young. Um, and I, I had definitely, I remember writing some short stories, almost certainly completely unintelligible when I was around that young. So that was probably what really got me going. And then, um, ironically after that, my dad, uh, is a really big Star Wars fan. So he has read all of the books. He owns all the books and he would give me some of those to read as well. And when I was in maybe grade three, I started writing Star Wars fan fiction, so probably like Harry Potter and then Star Wars really got me on this writing train. Okay. So that's, that, that's fair. Uh, for, for, okay. Um, uh, so what was I going to say? Cause you made, you made, you made me laugh with something there and I just, I, and I lost my train of thought. So, <laughs> oh man, it was good. No, it, it's awesome. Like, like for me, it was a combination of comic books and uh, Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. So. Oh yeah, I've read just the first one. I have the whole. I've got a book that thick that I haven't made it all the way through, but I've read the first one and I really enjoyed it. So I get that for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's Bradbury's the man. Like Bradbury, Bradbury ruined Neil Gaiman for me. That's a conversation for another. For another. I was going to say that's a deep dive. That's a big conversation to have. Well, 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 well it's uh, long and short of it. I read Neil Gaiman third. Right, I read Ray Bradbury first. And Charles Delant second. If I had read Gaiman second, I don't think it would be possible. It was impossible for him to be first, but it was possible for him to be second. If right. I had read him second, I'd enjoy him more. Yeah, he's still great. He's good. It happens I, I, sometimes where where it's just the wrong time where you're like, if I had read you at a slightly different period in time, I would have liked this so much more. But that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And that's the way a cookie crumbles sometimes. So do you have, okay, I, I, I have a plug Mirror World. Do you have a website where people can find you? 
Yes, if they wanted to go to rhiannonlots.com, exactly my name with a dot .com after it, that'll get you to my website with a list of all of my books um, and short stories. I do a lot of short stories. Um, and you can, if you wanted to reach out, you can hit me up there. I also have a, a web form if you wanted to send me, ideally, a kind message. <laughs> a kind message. So, I, I, ooh, that's the conversation for uh, off the air. I'll do that. But all right, folks, that will do it today. I have Winston Pye joining the show as we get closer and closer to 2000. I want to thank Rihanna for putting up with me for nearly 90 minutes. She did. I hope she had fun. Um, besides that, folks, for everybody watching, everybody listening, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Stay inspired. Keep shining in the dark. And I'll see you next time. Just Joshing is turning 1,000, and what is next in store for the show? The truth is, it's already happening. I've been recording shows since the start of the year in preparation to me going on the road. You can watch and listen to them now. They are available on my Patreon channel for the price of $5 US. Not only will you get to see these shows months in advance, but you can also help me when I take this show on the road. Click on the Patreon link for more details. Josh. Josh.